0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cornerstone Church podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, are you guys happy to be in God's house today? you guys happy to be here. Thank you Roy, appreciate it. It is so good to be here, so good to be worshiping with everybody. Uh, I'm excited to be here and to be preaching. Uh, it's been a been a little bit since I was here, right? We've had 2 weeks off. We've had 2 weeks off and so it's good to be back. I was in Kane, Pennsylvania, uh, a place in the Allegheny National Forest at a family camp out there. Uh, and Pastor Brenda held down the fort and preached the last 2 weeks. Can we give it up for Pastor Brenda for preaching so well? Yeah, we were at uh, this family camp uh, in Kane, Pennsylvania. It was an awesome time. Me, my wife, Jessica, uh, our three kids went to it. We had a blast. It was awesome. It reminded me of the family camp that I used to go to whenever I was young. Um, It it was just, it was a lot of fun. Uh, One thing that was really funny was all of us fitting into the cabin. Uh, Like if you've ever gone, has anyone ever gone to one of these like church camps? Church camp, yeah, we had some people in first, uh, uh, the nine o'clock service, same thing. These church camps are so much fun. The cabins, man, they are like, what, 200 square feet? Like, these things are, are tiny. They're like little tiny houses, uh, and it's just like the ones that we grew up going to. And so you walk in, and there's like the bottom floor and the top floor. The top floor is just a loft. Like it's just a loft with a bed in it. The bottom floor, you walk in, and it is your kitchen slash living room slash dining room slash office. It's like, it's everything, right? It, it's everything. It's all, all things in this one little room. Uh, and so needless to say, with a small little place like that, it was hard to find any kind of peace and quiet, right? Like, this is, that ain't happening. With five people, three of whom are eight or under, in that little tiny place, it's just not happening. Now, at this family camp, I was speaking uh, a total of, I, I preached eight sermons, which was wild, preached eight sermons and uh, led six Bible studies. And so getting ready for all of those things, I, I needed to prepare, I needed to read scripture, I needed to go over my notes. Uh, and that wasn't really going to happen in that little cabin, was it? Like there's there's no way that's happening. So they told me, and luckily I didn't even have to ask. They, they were already on the ball. They were already thinking about it. Like Pastor Jacob, we've got an empty cabin just across uh, uh, the the, the. Way from you, you can go over there, use that as your uh, like little de facto office anytime that you want throughout the week. And I really appreciated it. I went in there a few different times to work um, because in there, it was able to be what? It was able to be quiet. It was able to be more quiet. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about quiet today as we hop into our sermon. Uh, who needs some quiet in their life? Let's, let's see those hands. Who needs some quiet? Who, who, you've forgotten what quiet is. You don't even know. It's been so long. You're like, quiet, what's this strange word that you speak of, all right? All the parents in the room said amen to that, I'm sure. Um, quiet, quiet is this thing that we see pop up over and over in scripture, uh, it's this, this theme that makes itself, and it resurfaces time and time again, uh, and it's the focal point of what we're going to be reading today from Psalm chapter 62. This is a Psalm of David, David. If you have your Bible and you want to follow along, we're Psalm 62. We're going to be looking at the first eight verses of Psalm 62. Um, now, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. We're also going to have the words up here on the screen. Listen to what King David writes. I wait wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Amen. God is Our refuge. God is our refuge. He is our quiet place. And we need a quiet place, don't we? We live in loud times. Is anyone aware of that? That we live in loud times, busy times, crazy times. There's there's a lot going on right now, and we know all of it. We know about all of it. I was talking with Bruce Oberlin, one of the uh, guys on staff in between, uh, or well, last night at our Saturday service, we were talking. and we are just like, man, there's just a lot of sad stuff going on right now, like in our church family and, and friends of our church family. There's just a lot of hard things going on right now. And we we're like, man, what's, what's going on? Is this something new? Is this something that we're, just like we're experiencing all of a sudden? And as we're talking about it, me and him, were, we're saying, we're like, you know what? I don't think it is. I think to a degree, life is always just, it has its hard moments. It's just now we're aware of all of them. And we're aware of everybody's hard moments, aren't we? That's the gift of social media, right? It's the gift of social media. We're aware of everything. Everything that happens, we know about it. We live in loud times. We live in busy times where we know everything that's going on, and so we have stuff all over the place competing for our attention. Why do you think every single Sunday that I preach the prayer before I start to preach, I pray that God would go before us and remove any distractions that would compete for our attention. Why, why do you think that is? It's because we need it. <laughs> because on our own, we will get distracted on our own. On our own, you're not here right now. You're already after service. You're thinking about that to-do list when you get home. You're thinking about that lawn that needs mowed. You're thinking about that place you're going to go eat lunch, right? Like you're you're already somewhere else and so we need God's help to like whoa whoa whoa, let me let me focus back in. Let me zero back in where I need to be where I'm supposed to be because we live in loud, busy times, and we need God's help. And we're going get, to get some of that today. We are in this series, Summer Mixtape. Have you guys been enjoying the series so far? Have you been enjoying it? I hope I hope so. I hope that it's uh, been a help to you. Do we have any Stranger Things fans in the building? There we go. See my 11 o'clock crowd. You guys are more honest. Our nine o'clock crowd was like, Stranger Things, what's that? Like, yeah, right, you've watched it. This is a judgment-free zone. Like, you can even you can say, Pastor Brenda is a huge Stranger Things fan all of a sudden. Uh, we, we we were watching it on vacation. The new season came out, season four. We started watching it. She'd never seen an episode, not a single one. Episode one's playing. She's over there kind of doing some work on her computer, watching it every now and then. Gets to the end of the episode, and it's, I mean, if you've watched season four, you know the end of episode one's pretty, pretty intense. She goes, oh, wow. I don't know how people get into this. Like, I don't even know how you do it. We're like, oh, well, you're jumping in, you're jumping in like all these episodes down the road. If if you would give it a chance from the start and let it build up, I'm sure you would like it. Pastor Brenda is not, that that was early June, okay? Early June. Stranger Things just finished season four. Pastor Brenda has one more episode to watch and she's fully caught up fully caught up. She just obliterated four seasons like that, right? She's, she's hooked now. Uh, it is. It's a, it's a fun show. It's a crazy show. Honestly, one of my favorite things about Stranger Things um, is its contribution to revivifying 80s music. I love 80s music. There, yeah, there's my fellow rockers, right? People who love 80s music. I love it. I love 80s music, so, you know, whenever they, they put out these episodes, it's funny, because you look at the top charts on Spotify and iTunes, and you've got all these, like, new songs, but then all of a sudden you've got Master of Puppets by Metallica as, like, one of the top trends. You're going, that song came out in, like, the 80s. Like, what in the world? How is that trending all the way back at the top? It's Stranger Things, right? You're seeing all these, these songs. Uh, Journey, Separate Ways, that song's trending again because of Stranger Things. But the biggest one, probably the, the sleeper song hit, of Stranger Things has been Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. It's like the theme song of season four. People have been obsessed with it. People do all these, uh, uh, you know, TikToks and Instagram reels to this song. In um, the, the song, I won't spoil anything, but there's a character in Stranger Things. Her name is Max, and she's kind of, she's kind of put under a spell by the big bad guy. Like, I don't know if you want to call it a spell, if that weirds you out, a curse, whatever. Whatever makes you feel better, that's what, that's what she's under. She's under this curse, And the only thing that's able to like snap her back to reality, the only thing that's able to bring her back is her favorite song. There's something about her favorite song that is able to like set her free in this moment, right? Now, why am I telling you all this? (laughs) I'm telling you this because what we're doing throughout this series, summer mixtape, a playlist of the Psalms, is we are building a soundtrack for our lives, We're building a soundtrack for our lives. In the same way that this character, Max, needed to hear her song to snap her back to reality, to get her mind focused on where it should be, to set her free, I believe that we need to have certain songs constantly playing in our lives. We need the truth of God's word constantly playing in our lives to help snap us back to where we're supposed to be, to snap us back to reality, and so that's what we've been doing throughout this series. We've been curating a mixtape, finding some of the psalms that are a little bit of a deep track, right? We're not, we're not picking Psalm 23 and all the ones that are really well-known. We're, we're taking some of the lesser-known psalms and looking at them to see what they say about us, what they say about God, what they say about our identity in him. And our hope is that as we go through these week by week, you will be taking these psalms and playing them in your life allowing them to be the soundtrack of your life. That's what the early church did. The early church, the church that started right after Jesus' death and resurrection, we know from uh, history that what they would do is they would read the Psalms. They would worship to the Psalms. They would pray to the Psalms. These Psalms were the track of their life. And I think that we can learn a lot from the early church in making the Psalms a track for our life. And so today we're adding another track to our mixtape. We're adding another track to our mixtape. Today, if you're a note taker, our sermon title is A Quiet Place and A Quiet Pace. A quiet place and a quiet pace. We need quiet. (laughs) We need rest more than ever. More than ever, we need this. Now, I'm not talking about literal naps. (laughs) I'm not talking about literal sleep, although, hey, the more the better, I'm all, I'm pro-nap, I am pro-sleep, I'm a big fan of both, um, but that, that's not what we're talking about, and that's not what the Bible's talking about when it talks about rest, when it talks about quiet, it, what, what, what biblical rest is, is it's peace, peace, it's this, this mindset that is completely at calm knowing who sits on the throne, That's what biblical rest is. That's what biblical quiet is. And that's what we're talking about today. That's what we need today because we have so little of it. We have so little of it. It, it, We look at the situations in the world and we think, how can I rest? (laughs) How can I have peace and comfort? Have you seen gas prices? Like, I know the other day, Jessica like, sent a couple people in the family a text saying, the Speedway down on Arlington, gas is 369. Can you believe it? And we're all like, oh, wow, 369. And it's sad that that was good. <laughs> like, how is that good? How is that noteworthy? It's just so expensive. Gas is terrible, and not just gas, inflation in general. You know, I saw a statistic, and this is mind-blowing. Americans today are paying $5,200 more this year for the exact same stuff that they had last year. Just to to live your exact life in 2021 over again, you're going to fork out $5,200 more. That's 400 plus every month. I don't gotta tell you that, you know it. Me and Jessica know it. Whenever, we, whenever we're, uh, you know, last year, you, you get to the end of the week and you look and you're like, hey, we have margin. Like we got some, we can get that. We can go ahead and get this for the girls. We can get this for Griffin. Like we have margin. This week by like Wednesday, it's, oh, okay. So what time does a check deposit on Friday? Like what exact moment does it go in? Uh, it's, it's intense. And so you look at that and you look at gas prices, you look at inflation, you're going you get quiet rest, calm? How? (laughs) Like, how am I expected to do any of that with that's what's going on in the world? And not just going on in the greater world, what's going on in your world? If you're a human and you got blood pumping through your veins, chances are you have relationship issues. You've got issues with a spouse, issues with a sibling, issues with, with a friend, with a neighbor, with a coworker, because we're all people, and that's what happens. Things are hard, things are difficult. Chances are you, you, you've got issues at work. You've got issues. I mean, we just got stuff all over the place. And then the, the cherry on top is monkeypox is coming down the pike. Who had that on their 2022 bingo card, right? Like, oh yeah, monkeypox that's gonna be the next thing to come down. And so I, I, I look at all this and I'm like, man, we've got inflation, we've got gas prices, we've got relationship issues, we've got work issues, we've got, we got monkeypox. our pets' heads are falling off, like we've got all this stuff going on. And you're telling me, pastor, that we need rest and calm and a quiet pace in life. How? <laughs> like, how, how in the world is that even remotely feasible, right? But we do need it. We do need it. Why don't you say it with me? I could use some peace and quiet. <laughs> you could. I could. We could use peace and quiet in our life. And the good news is we can get it. We can. And no, not in some theoretical, abstract way. In a real, tangible way, we can have peace. This is the fact God wants to be our quiet place in life, and he wants to teach us a quiet pace in life. I'm going to say it one more time. God wants to be our quiet place in life, and he wants to teach us a quiet pace in life. What we're going to do is hop back through Psalm 62. We're going to jump through some different verses. I want us to look at verses 5 and 6 again real quick. This is what King David writes. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. You see what King David is pointing out here, he's pointing out two things that God is doing. One, God is a quiet place, He's a place of peace, He's a place of comfort because He alone is my rock. He alone is my salvation. He's my fortress where I won't be shaken, He is my quiet place. But not only that, he's not just my quiet place. He wants to teach me a quiet pace of life. Look at verse 5. Let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord. My hope is in him. King David is saying, yes, God is my quiet place. He's the place where I find peace. And God is also teaching me how to pursue him and pursue peace in life this quiet pace of waiting on God, of seeking him out. God wants to be our quiet place and teach us a quiet pace. And it's so important, it's so vital that we realize God wants to do both of those things. This is not an either or. That's a silly thing that we often do in the church. We try to act like it's this or this. It's this or this. A lot of times, it's both. (laughs) A lot of times, it's and. God wants to be our quiet place and he wants to teach us a quiet pace. Let me, let me uh, kind of give some flesh to this real quick. So uh, my daughter Evelyn was playing coach pitch uh, baseball this year, uh, and at one of the games, Eden, my daughter, and my nephew Max, they were over there kind of playing off to the side, um, and they both, they're playing, having a good time, until they kind of both start walking somberly towards us. Right, you know how kids just, They're like, oh, great. What happened? Someone hit somebody or something happened. They're they're walking over there like that. Um, And then they come up to us. We're like, what? What's going on? And Eden says, those kids are being mean to us. Like, this is shocking news, right? Eden hasn't faced this a lot, right? (laughs) Hasn't faced kids picking or saying anything like that. They're mean to you. What'd they say? And Eden says, well, they called Max a name. And then they pointed at me and said, I hate that girl. And we're like, what We hate that girl. What in the world? I'm looking at it, I'm like, really? They said that? Meanwhile, my wife Jessica's rolling up her sleeves. She's like, this is how I go to jail. I'm about to whoop on some little eight-year-old punk who, called, who told my kid that they hate her, right? So I'm, I'm like calming Jessica down. I'm like, Jessica, hold on, don't, don't. He's like, get back. <laughs> I'm trying to hold her back. Uh, <laughs> but no, we did. We, we Jessica, we, we handled it. We told the coach, like the coach was told like, hey, this is awkward. We're not, like, trying to get these kids in trouble for saying this, but we don't know if they're literally just saying it to these kids or if they're saying it to other people, but you just need to be aware of this happening. The coach is like, oh, thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. We'll, we'll handle it. So it was great, right? We rescued, saved the day. Like, it all was made right in the world. But that wasn't the only thing that happened. We also talked to Eden. Jessica talked to Max. And what she told them was, hey, look, I, I hate that that happened. I'm so sorry that happened. But you know what? Don't take it to heart. Like Eden, that, that little boy saying he hates you, sweetheart, he doesn't even know you. He doesn't even know who you are. He, he doesn't even understand what he's really saying. So we, we taught them. And we're telling them, hey, th- this is how you process something like this. This is how you handle something like this. And you know what? If they say that again, just a little right hook. If you get your weight into the—you just <laughs> deliver and— that's, you know, you can handle it. Um, <laughs> some people instantly are now pulling out their phones looking for a new church. Like Pastor Jacob said, there's some great churches in the area. Let me find one where the pastor doesn't condone <laughs> violence. Uh, no, we, we, you know, we, we taught her. We, we taught him. We taught them how to process and handle this. And I want you to know, God wants to do the same thing for you. God, yes, God wants to be your rescuer. He wants to come in. He wants to save the day. He wants to be your safe place, your quiet place, the place where you can find peace and comfort and rest. He wants to do that, but he also wants to teach you. <laughs> he wants to teach you a, a quiet pace in life that says, of course, come to me for rescue. Of course, come to me for comfort. Of course, come to me for rest. But I also want to teach you how to live that way throughout your life. So that whenever stuff comes your way, whenever the loudness and the busyness of the world comes your way, you are in lockstep walking with the spirit and you know how to process these things. You know how to handle these things because I've taught you a quiet pace in life. God wants to be our quiet place and teach us a quiet pace. It's both, it's both. I think about the the, the way that we talk about Jesus. Jesus' two most commonly referred to titles that we see in scripture. What are they? Savior, Lord. That's not a coincidence. It's very intentional, very purposeful. Jesus wants to be our savior. He wants to rescue us. He wants to save us. He wants to redeem us. He wants to be our savior, our quiet place where we find comfort and rest. But he doesn't stop there. He's also our Lord. He's also our teacher. He's also our rabbi. And he wants to teach us, he wants to show us this way of living, how we can handle things. We can handle circumstances. We can handle situations because we are in lockstep with the Spirit. It's not either or, it's both. It's both. Now, what we're gonna talk about in our remaining time, we're gonna talk about a quiet pace and what that actually looks like. What does it mean and how do we walk out a quiet pace in our lives? I believe there's two concepts that we see from Psalm 62 that build this out and and give us real tangible application for how we can walk through life with a quiet pace. The first uh, thing that we're gonna look at is Psalm 62. We're gonna look at verses three and four again. David writes this, so many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Who can relate to that? <laughs> Who's like, I think I just found a new life verse. Like Some of, some of that stuff, it, it hits so close to home. It feels like, man, I, I've been going through... So many interpersonal issues, so many, so many things where people have hurt me either intentionally or unintentionally. You've been going from high to low, high to low. That, that's what we see all throughout the book of Psalms, right? We we see one psalm, David's on a mountaintop. God is good, God's my refuge, he's my strength, he's my, he's my king. I love God. The very next psalm. God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Do you are you even there? Like it's just whoa like mountaintop to mountaintop and valley to valley it's all over the place and that's kind of life isn't it one moment you're singing the praises of how good God is the next moment you're saying I have enemies all around me trying to kill me they delight in telling lies about me they praise me to my face but curse me in their hearts that is life That's life that we face, and this is what I want to tell you, this is the first concept we're talking about when it comes to walking with a quiet pace in life. If you want to have true biblical rest be something that that you experience in your life, true biblical rest, this peace that passes all understanding, this peace that that it doesn't matter what life throws your way, you're you're, you're solid because you know who's the source. If you want that kind of rest in your life, uh, this is what I'll say If that rest is conditional on having convenient circumstances, it's never going to come. It's never going to come. If having rest, if having true peace in your life, the the biblical definition of peace is conditional on having convenient circumstances, I hate to break the news to you, but you're never going to experience rest or peace or true comfort because life is not convenient. (laughs) It's just not, there are no convenient circumstances. Stuff happens. Things come your way that you would have never thought or experienced. Let, let, me, let me tell you this. Um, so January 1st, 2022, I made a to-do list and it was beautiful. And it was glorious, all right. Like this thing, I had, I have stuff sectioned out by categories, like my my work to do list, my home to do list, my personal to do list, my like my book to do list. Like I have all these to do lists, and they're they're wonderful, and they're great, and and they're they're even like organized by date, like by this date I'll have this done, by this date I'll have this done. So I've got it categorized. I've got due dates by week and month. It looks amazing. Um, so we just recently had the midpoint of the year, like a week and a half, two weeks ago, we had the midpoint of the year, the exact midpoint of 2022, and so I did a real quick audit of my first half. So I have my calendar open, and I have my to-do list open, and I'm looking at January, and I'm like, looks good, looking at February, looks good, looking at March, It's all right, I guess, okay. (laughs) Look at April, I'm like, did I do any of this stuff? Like, I didn't get any of this done. I'm looking at May and I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't get any of this stuff done here either. And I'm realizing, man, I just, I have so many things I didn't get done. And you wanna know what happened? I started to feel bad about myself. Started to feel frustrated, get down a little bit um, until I looked at my calendar. Because as soon as I looked at my calendar, I'm like, okay, what did I not get done? I didn't get this, 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 this. Okay, what were those due dates? Let me see. Oh, well, obviously, look at what I was facing. Look at that week. Wow, what a busy week. Woo, I had so much going on that week. Who could have expected me to really get any of that done? Of course, of course. I'll just move these things to the second half of the year. Let me look at some other tasks. And so I look at other tasks. I look at my calendar. Oh, wow, so much going on that week, too. Man, it's just, of course, I didn't get these things done and i'm going through it and i'm excusing everything i didn't do because of the circumstances i was facing everything <laughs> until god hit me on the back of the head <laughs> and i realized you know what you know what those circumstances are called life that's life bro and if you are waiting for these things to suddenly go away they're not They're not, they're going to keep on coming. And in fact, you had those circumstances at the beginning of the year too. You were just more disciplined, you were more dedicated, you were able to push through those and still get things done. But circumstances, man, those are a part of life. They come and they go. And if you are someone who's like, man, rest, I know I need that in my life. I know I need a a pace of life that is just consistent and steady, and it's undaunted, and it's unfazed, and I know that I need that, you will never find a good time to start doing that, ever. There's never going to be a time where you have convenient circumstances in your life. And if that rest that you seek is conditional on convenient circumstances, it is never Coming, you'll just keep kicking the can down the road and down the road until one day it's too late. You don't wait for a quiet time; you make quiet time. You make it happen. That is just a reality of the world that we live in. Um, one of the most famous pieces of scripture is John chapter seventeen. Uh, it's, it's Jesus's high priestly prayer. One of the things that Jesus says in it. it it's one of the most well-known. Jesus is a scripture. Even if you don't read the Bible, chances are you've heard this phrase before. Jesus is talking about his followers. He's not just talking about his followers then. He's talking about his followers all the way up until today. He's talking about you if you follow Jesus. And what he says is, my followers, Father, they are in the world, but they are not of the world. And that is one of the most rich theologically complex ideas that there is in scripture. There's so many layers to it, so many different ways of looking at it. And one of the ways of looking at that statement actually applies with what we're talking about today, that we are in the world, but not of the world. You see, in the world, we face circumstances, right? That's part of the world, is that stuff happens there's sickness and disease and layoffs and yes inflation and yes sky high gas prices like we just face that stuff that's that that's circumstances that's part of being in the world you just face those things you can't do anything to change them if you have blood pumping through your veins and oxygen in your lungs you will face circumstances and yes circumstances that you didn't choose that you didn't want that you don't want anything to do with but that's part of being in the world but Jesus says that while we are in the world we are not of the world we're supposed to handle things differently well let me tell you how the world handles those things anxiety stress panic going into debt making bad relationship decisions lashing out at kids and family that's that's how the world handles circumstances But we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. We are called to, yes, we will face these circumstances, but we are supposed to face them differently. We're supposed to handle them differently. And so everybody else in the world is waiting for perfect circumstances before they really do that thing that they know they're supposed to do. Not so with you, not so with us. We are to pursue the quiet pace of life that God has in mind for us, regardless of what circumstances we're facing. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We have got to pursue a quiet pace of life. We've gotta pursue it. Now that was the first way that we do that, is by realizing that you're never gonna find the perfect circumstances to start. You just aren't. We need to realize that. We need to admit that. We need to remember that. If rest is conditional, Unconvenient circumstances, I will never get it. The second thing that we need to remember is from Psalm 62, verses one through two. Let's look at those real quick. It says, I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. You see, the second thing that we need to remember, the second thing we need to know if we are going to walk through life with a quiet pace is that God isn't a good source of rest? God isn't a great source of rest. God isn't the best source of rest. God is the only source of rest. If you want true peace, if you want true comfort, if you want true quiet, if you want true rest in life, God isn't one of many options, and He's not even the best of many options. He's the only option, He's it period, full stop, end of sentence, God is it. Do you know in Psalm 62, what, we, what we've been reading today, verses one through eight, the Hebrew word that is used to describe uh, alone or only, this singular, this standalone, this one and only, it's used five times in the first eight verses, five. David is clearly calling our attention saying, look, I'm, I'm not telling you God's a great way to find rest. That's not what I'm telling you. If, you, if you're getting that message from me, I'm miscommunicating. God is not a great source of rest and comfort and peace. He's the only source. He alone, he alone is my salvation. I wait quietly before God because he alone, he is the only rock, he's the only salvation. David wants us to know God isn't a good source of rest. He's the only source of rest. You see, we live in a world full of knockoffs, we live in a world full of, of things that promise the world, but they never quite deliver, do they? Right? We, we live in a world of knockoffs. If anyone's if ever been to Disney before, uh, Magic Kingdom, I think they have them all over the place. But has anyone ever tried, uh, they're called a dole whip. It's like, a, has anyone, I saw one hand shoot up. Anybody else? There's those hands. Those things... They're amazing. <laughs> like they're, I could go for one right now. Like I'm, I'm steaming. I could go for Dole Whip right now, nice and cold. These things are so good, and they're becoming more and more popular. Like you'll see them on people's social media. Uh, people trying to make homemade ones, trying to do it themselves and stuff. Um, like different uh, ice cream places around are starting to try to make their own. Like, hey, try our Dole Whip. Right. Even sheets, sheets. The gas station is doing their own Dole Whip. Like everyone's trying to get in on this thing. And let me tell you, i tried some of them and they're okay, but man, a Dole Whip at Disney just hits different. <laughs> like it just, it just does, it, it tastes so good and it tastes so right, just say so perfect. It's, it's, it's the one and only. There's a lot of knockoffs that try to imitate the flavor, try to imitate the taste, but they just, they can kinda come close, but not even, not even really, right? You know, there is nothing, nothing in this world that can provide rest and peace and comfort like God can. He's the the only source for it. That's it. it. It's just him. Everything else that promises it to you is a cheap knockoff. It will not deliver like it acts like it can deliver. And we look to those places a lot. We look to other quiet places a lot, trying to find that peace and that comfort and that rest, but they just don't deliver, man. We, we look to food, we look to substances, we look to our work, we look to relationships, we look all over the place to try to find this rest and this comfort, but man, it just doesn't, it just doesn't deliver. At most, it can deliver for a season. That's at most. Um, I know whenever we went looking for Halloween costumes, it uh, might have been last year, maybe the year before, I can't remember, but we're looking for Halloween costumes, and there's the good ones that are like, the official, like the officially licensed ones. And they're like $80, right? They just cost so much money. Or there's the knockoffs, right? There's the, the ones that cost like $20. Uh, and they like from far, they look all right. Like you come walking up, you're like, oh, there, we'll get, we'll get one on this one. And so you walk up. Um, and the, the funniest thing about these knockoffs is the names for them. Um, so we're talking about Stranger Things, right? Stranger Things, we're talking about earlier in the sermon. Uh, the knockoff brand for Stranger Things, for Stranger Things costumes, kid you not, is called Unusual Events. It's like the, <laughs> the Mark's version of Stranger Things, the Dave's Deep Discount of Stranger Things, right? Like Unusual Events. So you can you can get an Unusual Events costume uh, for like 11 or for Hopper. And if you look at it from far away, it looks good, like it looks all right. Then you get closer and you realize it's like made out of tissue paper or something, right? And so you, you get this costume, and it looks good at first. You put it on at first, and you can even be hopeful. Like, me and Jessica will, will think, like, oh, this is cool. Get the girls this costume, and then they'll get to use it to, like, do do, like, they can play with it around the house even after Halloween. Yeah, right. Like, these costumes, you get them. And after one night of wearing them, just out trick-or-treating, they get home and they look like they went 10 rounds with a bobcat. Like it's just, their stuff's falling apart and it's just, it's not good. It's just not good at all. Um, And so these knockoff costumes, they can deliver for a season. For a moment, they look good. For a moment, they feel good. For a moment, it feels like they're gonna deliver what they promised, but they always fall apart. They always end up under-delivering. They never give you what you thought you were getting. And the same is true with all these knockoff, false little g gods that we try to find our hope and our peace and our rest and our quiet in. They promise the world, but they can never deliver it, ever. They always fall short. They always fall short. And instead of giving us what we want, peace, comfort, purpose, They give us unease, they give us stress, they give us anxiety, they give us depression, worry, bitterness, resentment. There's only one true source for quiet, for true biblical quiet and rest, and that's God. That's it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. God is our quiet place, and he wants to teach us a quiet pace, and that's how we get there. That quiet pace of life, that's what it looks like. It looks like admitting, you know what? I know there's never gonna be a perfect circumstance. I'm never gonna have the the optimal conditions for me to really start living the way that God wants me to. That ain't happening. But you know what? I'm gonna keep my eyes and my focus on the source, the only true source of peace and comfort, and I'm gonna know that he's good, that he never fails, that he will deliver on that promise. And so I'm going to undaunted and unfazed walk towards him, my quiet place, my source. And as I do so, ignoring all of the situations and the circumstances that try to throw me off, I'm going to find that he is faithful and he is good and he and he alone will give me the rest and the peace of mind, the peace that passes all understanding that nothing else can give us. Here's the thing, when we do that, when we start walking with a quiet pace, with our focus on God, our quiet pace, Place This is what happens. We get a payout. (laughs) As, As we're walking with this quiet pace in life, there is a payout. There's a return on that. And that return is this word, confidence. God gives us confidence in life as we pursue this quiet pace of just following him, just following his will, of following his way. Listen to Psalm 62, verses 7 and 8. David says, my victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. You can see the confidence dripping from every word of those pieces of scripture. God is my victory. He is my honor. He is my refuge. When I'm in him, no enemy can touch me. Nothing can happen to me whenever I put my faith and my hope and I walk with God God gives us confidence as we walk with a quiet pace. We get confidence. Let me tell you, whenever I'm going on a long-distance trip, I'm a cruise control man. Like, I, I love cruise control. I didn't always. <laughs> like, I used to be the let's get down there as quick as we can, let's get home as quick as we can, uh, until I got a ticket. That changes things, doesn't it? Is there anything more infuriating <laughs> than coming home from vacation or going to vacation and getting pulled over and getting the tickets just, oh, it's so infuriating. And so I decided to like, you know what? No, I'm just cruise control the whole way down, the whole way back. I just set it. I just set it. And so I'll, I'll, I get that sweet spot at like two to five over, right? If it's, if it's 65, 68 to 70, somewhere in there, right? Like I get, to, I get the sweet spot, set it on cruise control, and we're good. And this is what I do. I don't let anything phase me. I don't. If a car comes flying up behind me, I try to stay in the middle or the left-hand lane, car comes flying up behind me, I'll move over, go right ahead. I'm not, I'm not going faster. You will not change my pace. Like, you go right ahead. <laughs> if there's a car in front of me going slower, trying to slow me down, I'll move over, get up in front of it, put it right back to cruise control, get it right back where I had it. I don't let anyone phase me. Now, here's the thing. If, you, if you're like me, you're a cruise control person, isn't it an incredible feeling when you pass by a cop, you pass by a highway patrol, and you didn't know it, but as you're coming up on them, you see them, and you just have utter confidence that you are not speeding. Isn't that a fantastic feeling? You're you borderline feel like aggressive. Like yeah, what now? Like oh, you, you got a problem with me, officer? Because you can't do nothing. I didn't speed. I was going the speed limit. Like I'm I'm good. And you look at all the other cars around you slamming on their brakes, hitting the brakes, and you're like. <laughs> Uh, not me. Like I haven't had to tap this bad boy in like the last half hour because I've just been at the same consistent, steady pace. I haven't let anything throw me off. And doing that gives you confidence. It breeds confidence. You go past Please, you go past the, the, the little camera taking shots. You go past those areas where it says this, this area is a speed limit is enforced by an airplane and, and you don't care because you know you're good because you have the right pace. The right pace gives us confidence. Confidence that circumstances can't interrupt, can't phase us, can't throw us off. That's exactly what God wants to give us in life. And as we do that, as we focus on him as our source, as our strength, as our shield, as our salvation, as our quiet place, our place of peace and comfort and rescue, as we do that, and we walk towards him unfazed by what's happening around us, saying, you know what, I'm never gonna have perfect circumstances, I'm not gonna let anything slow me down or speed me up, I'm, I'm just gonna keep doing what I know I'm supposed to do, the steady, consistent, quiet pace as we do that, God proves himself to be faithful. And when we see him faithful, guess what it does to us? Gives us confidence. <laughs> Gives us steel in our backbone. We're experiencing this at Cornerstone. We, we see this happening. Uh, confidence, it's our word for the year, right? If, if you've got your, your Cornerstone bracelet, if not, you can grab one. Uh, I think we've still got some by our, our, our merch uh, uh, wall out there. But our, our word for the year is confidence. That's the word that we're claiming for this year, that we've been believing for this year, And we are experiencing confidence because we as a church have been trying to walk with a quiet pace this year. Just an undaunted, unfazed. We know what God has called us to do and nothing come hell or high water is going to throw us off of that. So let me give you some examples. We, we knew that God was calling for us to start a Saturday service. We needed the extra space. We, we need it, especially summer is a, a harder time because people are out on vacation. People are doing sports events for kids. But man, during the fall, during the rest of the year, it, it gets packed in here and <laughs> we need the extra space. Now guess what circumstances told us to do? Hey, summer's coming. You don't need to keep doing Saturday services. Oh man, there's, there's not as many people here. Just, just stop it for a season. You can start up later. Just pump your brakes a little bit. Just stop refocus but we knew no 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 this is something that we know we've needed to do that God has put on our church's heart to do to create more room and so we're going to keep doing it and guess what God's proven himself faithful last night we had a great crowd here and we had a crowd of people who get this would not be able to come at any other time people who their only opportunity to worship is Saturday night they work on Sundays they have other things going on on Sundays so this service means so much to them and we see that, and we see these people worshiping and saying, man, how much it means to connect and be part of a church family, and that gives us confidence knowing, you know what? We, we stayed that steady pace. We didn't slow down. We didn't pull back. We didn't speed up. Nothing like that. We're doing what God called us to do, and he's proving himself faithful, and it gives us confidence. Um, our, our Here and Now campaign, everything in the world is telling us, slow slow down. <laughs> hello, we're, we're like in, in, in crazy inflation right now. The, the world, we, we might be undergoing a recession right now. We won't know until the second quarter numbers are in, but we're probably already in one. Just pump your brakes. Don't, you don't need to build that building now. Just maybe later down the road, just slow down a little bit. But we're not. <laughs> like we're, we're not, and, and we're not being unwise, right? We're, we're talking with our builders. We're talking with uh, the people that we've been working with. We're making sure we're doing everything wise, everything as smart as we can, but we're not slowing down, but we're also not speeding up. We're just keeping the same steady pace that we know God wants from us. And you know what's happened? Guys, we are about $30,000 away from hitting the $500,000 raised mark. That is incredible. That's only God type of stuff. That's miracle stuff. That's since March, 2021. That's absolutely incredible. And we're seeing God be faithful. And guess what that does? That gives us confidence. Like, (laughs) let's just keep pushing forward because we know he is proving himself faithful. We're keeping our eye on him, our source for peace. And we're, we're ignoring these things that are trying to knock us off of his path. And guess what he's doing? He's showing that he's faithful and it gives us confidence. The last thing. Um, we, we've had some, some people who have been raised up and brought up through Cornerstone, some awesome people who have either been on staff or their ministry partners, and they've gotten to a place where they are able to pursue ministry at other churches. Other churches are like, man, this person's great. We, we'd like to hire him or we'd like to have him here. And we, we send these people out because guess what we believe at Cornerstone? We believe the kingdom of God is a pipeline, not a puddle. We, we don't believe that it's, it's for us to hoard all of our resources and all of our people and go, no, 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 you can't go anywhere else. You, we don't want you going. No, there is nothing more exciting and invigorating than raising up leaders here and sending them out with Cornerstone DNA to other places to carry that. We, we love that. But guess what? It doesn't make it any easier when they're gone, right? Like that's, you've got things to fill and ministry partnerships to fill. And it's like, wow, everything's telling you to just slow down a little bit, pull back, pull back. Oh, don't be so aggressive with, with this ministry or do this because do we, we really have the people? Are we really gonna be able to do it? And we're not letting that phase us. We just keep stepping up and guess what happens? God proves himself faithful and people step up. People fill the spots. People that we didn't even know were like, hey, I I can do that. Hey, I would love to be able to do that. And they're filling in the spots. And God is filling back in because guess what? He's good on his word. And he actually is faithful. And he actually does give peace and quiet and comfort. When you walk with a quiet pace, you get confidence. That's the payout of it. And God wants that in Your life. I'm gonna ask the worship team if they would come back up as they do. I just wanna reiterate and restress how important it is that we get this. Everything in the world right now, everything is trying to speed you up, slow you down, take you off of the course that God has in mind for you. It's trying to fill you with worry, with depression, with anxiety. That is every single message that you're getting. And in the middle of that, you have got to remember, you know what? I got to remember who my source is. I've been looking for peace and quiet and comfort and rest in all the wrong places. The world's never going to be able to deliver it to me. All it's going to give me is depression and anxiety and anger and resentment and unease. No, I'm going to focus in on the source and I'm going to ignore these things around me. I'm going to focus in on him. I'm going to look to God. I'm going to look to my help. I'm going to focus in on him. I'm going to follow his ways. And I promise you, as you do that, he's going to prove himself faithful. He wants to do that for you. In these next moments, the worship team is going to lead us. I'd like to encourage you, let's stand to our feet and let's worship that God, that God who inspires confidence in us as we look to him. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.